karate chops. I feel because like it started with you and Bird doing it, and then Bird stopped and is also gone a lot. So and then he's not here again. Yeah. Uh, so welcome to the Highway Season Two. It is me, the Smee, and a guest, which I'm excited to have. We've talked about it. Man, it's been a while, and finally we've made time to yeah. yeah, made time to make it happen, and I'm pumped up. Uh, have a full agenda that I'm sure we will get to everything and not get off topic a single time. Not even once. Not even <laughs> once. So, Smee, how have you been? I'm good. I did have a thought, though. This is probably the coolest table that we've podcasted on. Does that really surprise you, though, with who we're dealing with? No, it doesn't at all. But it makes me want to buy a table like this solely to podcast on it because I don't know how to play. Poker table? Yeah. yeah right. Poker okay. Table. Yeah. With the, so it's like green felt? Yep. Yeah. Cup, uh, cup holders. Just it used most, to get a lot more use than it does now. Hey, now it's podcast style. table. Yeah, I was like the most swagger right here yeah. on this table right now. Yeah, we should just get one of these and carry it with us in our Hyundai Elantra. <laughs> yes. I'm sure that would fit. Yes. Uh, all right, cool. So Bird isn't with us, as I said. However, I had sent him a text earlier that I wanted to read his response just so he knew that I wasn't leaving him he's out. With us in our, he's with us in our thoughts. Yeah, so I said, hey, just FYI, we're, we're recording a podcast today, because I did forget to tell him. And he said, hey, I'm probably going to miss that one. He said, I, ju- <laughs> I just got an ass full of sweat that I need to air out and let my beanbag recover from chafing. <laughs> so he's having some, we'll say he's on medical leave. Uh-huh, yeah. 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 <laughs> we don't have a, like an FMLA program. <laughs> Extracted, but if but we did, he would be on. He's on sabbatical. Yes, yes yeah. he's on sabbatical. Light duty, if you will. Yeah, so he'll he'll be back in a, a couple of these episodes. I don't know. He may just get mad and never come back. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, have a good guest here. I'm excited. Um, so we're going to go ahead and give the old intro, just like um, we've said on the previous episodes. Everybody gets to pick their own walk-up song. And I feel like you took yours. You took it seriously. You were like, hey, I'm thinking about it. I haven't really... Decided which ones because the other guy was just like, yeah, this mm-hmm. <laughs> without any sort of thought. Yeah, which was a good song. Yeah, it was yeah. a good, it was a good song. But I also feel like we might not talk about it, but we do have a little bit of a music man with us as well. So he takes yeah, I the think music we'll talk about that a little very bit. seriously. Yeah, so I like that. He had to put some thought in it. Yeah, I like it. So let's go ahead and introduce. We're going full name. Yeah, just first yeah. name, full name. Yeah, full Last name. Last word was social. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You got your routing number, your bank account. <laughs> All right, so we are going with uh, my friend. Uh, we teach together, work together, uh, Don Shepard. Is there going to be like applause over this? Yeah, I like that, man. <laughs> yeah, like I said, this is the most swagger that we've had in the epi, I feel like. Yeah, I the feel... The table, the walk-up, just... Mm. So thanks for being here. Indeed. Glad to be here. Excited. Pumped, man. Pumped. Um, so, uh, let's start out with um, we just, what we're drinking. We didn't bring it. Right. Um I think this was kind of at your request. You said, hey, I got the scotch covered. you want to tell us what's going on here? You got, I listened to your, your podcast. You guys are always drinking bourbon and tequila on occasion. I'm a, I'm a scotch man myself, so yeah. I, I broke out the good stuff for the, the special guests here. Uh, that is so this, this is, is an, an aged eight, 18 This is an 18-year-old uh, blue label Glendronach uh, Highland Scotch single malt. Whew. And I don't, know, I'm, I don't know anything about scotch. That's good. Yeah. I assume that's you said that's yeah. that's good stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's the difference? I'm real stupid asking this. What's the difference between bourbon and scotch? Scotch is Scotland. 
Right. Bourbon's right. American. Just the distilling process is totally okay. different. Yeah. And why do you like scotch better than bourbon? I think it just has more flavor. It doesn't didn't have as much burn, quite as much burn anyway. Let me, let me check this. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm definitely have to sip several times to make sure. But yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I don't think I've had good scotch before. Like, I've probably had some real low... Is Johnny Walker scotch? Johnny Walker is scotch. The first scotch I ever drank was Red Label Johnny Walker. Okay. I and it's that. garbage. Yeah, so okay. maybe that's... That's why I don't like it. <laughs> it will make you think, why does anyone drink scotch? This is disgusting. Uh, but then, uh, yeah... Um, a mentor of mine by the name of Bill Irwin. I don't know if anybody, I don't know if you know him. He's an old uh, retired Lee Summit cop, but he was also a captain of the SEAL teams and you know, oh, wow. kind of turned me on to uh, good scotch. Okay. So, yeah, no, no turning back after that. No, and, and let me ask, fair. I don't know anything about this. Like, what would a bottle, you said eight, aged 18 years, like, what does something like this cost? Uh, about three bills. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Smee, yeah, stop drinking the scotch. <laughs> stop drinking the scotch. <laughs> wow, I'm impressed. Yeah, that's good still. God dang. Mm -hmm. Man, no wonder it tastes good. Yeah. Wow, that's solid. Well, thank you for <laughs> yeah, no sweat. Yeah, sharing it with us. Yeah. That's what it's for. I feel like I shouldn't drink. Man. Oh, no, have all you want. That's what it's for. You yeah, fireball down in the car. It's, yeah. not, <laughs> it's not for looking pretty, it's for drinking. Too. Yeah, we have some fireball shooters that we found <laughs> on the way here in the car. We can bring those in. <laughs> so, no, seriously, thanks. This is, this is delicious. And yeah, thanks for hosting, by the way. Absolutely. Uh, which was, that's always kind of the big hurdle for us is where to go. I think people, when they listen to it, they probably, because we do have a studio, yeah. Uh, but it's way southwest, so when we travel, it's always hard to find a place. We do them in hotel rooms, which is really awkward. You're like, hey, do you want to come to our hotel room and, you know, <laughs> we use our recording equipment? Yeah, and don't <laughs> yeah. mind all this recording equipment. Yeah, but, yeah, no big deal at all. So anyway, but it's always worked out good, so I, I appreciate you hosting We did us. finally get cases, though. There for the first couple, we were literally just carrying them in in, like, duffel bags. Just oh, lying yeah, some, it looks sketch. It, yeah, there's some questions on what we were recording in yeah. the hotel room. Yeah, which is why we have a case now. Yeah. I think it looks, it looks a, little a little more official. official. Anything you bring in in a Pelican case automatically classes it up. Yeah, like yeah absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, again, appreciate you hosting us. So yep. let's go with if you uh, let's start out with how you want to introduce yourself and how much you want to tell us. That's totally up to you. Maybe sure. a little bit of your background. Then I want to kind of talk about how we first met. So sure, uh, give us your background. Well, I started in law enforcement. I started the academy in 2000, right at the right at the turn of the century, mm -hmm. as they say. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, started my career in 01 uh, with a local PD here where I live. And uh, my plan was to stay there for just a few years and move on to something bigger. But, uh, uh, you know, we are, I am in the Kansas City metro area. Yeah. But uh, they treated me very, very well. And uh, so I ended up staying and paid me very well. I ended up staying for 20 years. The next time I blink my eyes and 20 years have gone by. Um, so uh, did that. And um, while I was uh, doing that, got all the formal education that I have now. I, I, I started law enforcement like a lot of people do, a high school education mm -hmm. and, and uh, barely that and uh, didn't know what the heck else I wanted to do with my life. So um, played in bands, toured across the country, did that a little bit, uh, went and uh, worked at a guitar store for a long time, realized I wasn't going to pay the bills yeah. and uh, had a cop that used to come in every day uh, on his lunch break at the guitar store and play guitar. and. Uh, just struck up conversations with him over time. Said, "Hey, maybe I could do what you do." And uh, he said, "Well, come on for a ride along. Talk, talk you know, talk me through it. And told me how to get in the academy and all that kind of stuff." So, uh, ended up 
following that path and ended up working for him years later. He oh, was cool. the uh, captain at the department I started with. Very cool. And uh, so I ended up going there and then uh, didn't, uh, didn't know what I wanted to do with, uh, with the education that I had. Thought, you know, I might, might want to be cool to be a, an administrator, a chief of police or something someday. And so uh, I thought, you know, everybody said you should try to apply for a lot of different chief of police jobs because you're going to suck at the interviews and suck at the process. So uh, you want to get used to it. And uh, so... I applied for this opening at the place I'm at now for a chief of police mm -hmm. job, just trying to go through the process. And the next thing you know, they're offering me the job. So two years ago, I made that move to uh, a neighboring city sure. in the, here in Cass County. And uh, I've been doing that for about two years now. So I'm going to say this. We've only probably known each other two, three years. Yeah, about somewhere, that. Yeah, somewhere around like that. that. Um, I wouldn't have ever thought you would suck at an interview. When, <laughs> when you had said, hey, I'm applying for this place, I remember, he's getting it. Because yeah, you're, you're very well-spoken, uh, you're very approachable, the way you answer questions. There's not a doubt in my mind, if that place didn't hire you, there would have been some big questions. Yeah, so, it's not always about the interview, though. No, right, right. But you're, I mean, uh, you have a good background. Um, you know, I think, obviously, good make good decisions, good head on your shoulders, and the way you speak is... is it's really good. I was talking to Smi on the way here. Yeah, you were you were talking about how in in terms of the way you yeah speak, present, teach, present, yeah. it, it was uh, something that you looked up to and that you you know really enjoyed watching and mm -hmm. things. So. Well, it, I've I've done just about every dirty job there is to do in this career. I've 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 uh, I, I was uh, uh, been teaching for most of my career. Um, I did the SWAT thing for a while. Did. Uh, FTO for a very very long time, um, and I've uh, I've learned a lot of things from failure because it's a great teacher. But uh, yeah, so so I appreciate the praise. But yeah, you know, it's not always uh, the person who who does the best in any process that gets the job. It's just the reality. Yeah, I've uh, been turned down more often than than I've gotten things. So. I understand that completely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, completely. I don't know. Have we ever even talked about that on here? Uh, no, you haven't talked about the process. I mean, you've alluded, like we've alluded to you joining the agency where you are now, but you've never yeah. talked about it. Yeah. So, you know, talking about getting turned down and stuff. So, just real quick from from my point of view, where I work now, I was turned down. I believe it was eight times. Um, and just told no. Hey, you're not going to get in. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, holy cow. So, and then I think you would probably you have the same mindset. The more you're told no, the more you're going, eh, this is going to work out eventually, right? Because I'm going to keep pushing the issue. So, yeah, I know all about failure. <laughs> I'm really good at it. Well, it can go, it can go both ways. You can, you can, it can make you stronger and say, man, I really want it more now or eventually, okay, I get it. This is, this is never going to happen. Sure. And you got to be real with yourself if it's, uh, if it's that, you know, but what I've come to find a lot of the things that I did not get were really when I look at the person who did get the job and, Either they were better than me, in hindsight, and I recognize that, or yeah, I wouldn't have wanted to do that job anyway. But sure. I didn't get that, so yeah, it's a blessing. Yeah. yeah, that all works out. I like the positivity, the positive <laughs> stuff. Now I'm, I'm bit real big on the on the positive stuff lately. So I say lately, I should be all the time. It's hard. Yeah, I mean, all the time there's a goal, but it's it's hard to stay in that mindset all the time. It's not, not realistic. So you kind of talked about teaching, which kind of segues me into how we met <clears throat> so we're teaching in um dre school mm -hmm. and you were on the agenda and i had just moved and think into the position that i'm in now where i was part of the uh putting the class together mm -hmm. and i remember your name was on the agenda i didn't know who you were and 
let's face it, sometimes, you know, you're going, ah, there's really bad instructors. And I'm going, ah, who knows? And then you walked in and started teaching. I was like, I remember turning around to the guy, well, who is this dude? Because, <laughs> like, he knows his stuff. He's entertaining. He's engaging. And so for me, that was super refreshing. And I thought, this dude is, this is legit. So I don't know how we had, our paths had not crossed. Like well, I answer that there. I started teaching cops in, oh, see, I started law enforcement in 01. I started teaching cops in 03. Um, and DWI was the big passion. That was the big thing I wanted to do. Oh, yeah. I was knocking down DWIs left and right. <clears throat> and got on. Uh, went to DRE school, probably one of the youngest the state's ever put through. I was 22 years old when I went oh, through DRE shoot. school. And um, went through that. And I mean, this was, this was the way I want to go with it. And got into instruction, was started teaching. Um, long about 07, uh, there was an opening to teach at the, uh, the academy I teach at up in uh, Independence. And... Uh, you know, some, my chief at the time had talked me up real big and to the, the director, the new director there, and said, hey, you got to look at this guy. He's teaching. And at the time, I was teaching firearms and SWAT stuff uh-huh. and uh, all PT, every, everything under the sun. So I, I showed up there and interviewed, and they said, hey, I really like you. What do you want to teach? And, you know, of course, I want to teach DWI, and yeah. I want to teach, uh, you know, I want to teach PT, and I want to teach firearms. And all of a sudden, they said, cool. We need somebody to teach constitutional law. <laughs> <laughs> and I said... Okay, because uh, I still want as sexy as the other ones. <laughs> it's not. It's yeah. not. But uh, what I knew about constitutional law in the acad- it was, at that time was what I learned in the academy seven years ago and probably uh-huh. forgot. So I had to reteach and relearn all this stuff, created all the powerpoints and all the uh, lesson plans from scratch. So I, I don't like copying off other people's mm-hmm. stuff. I like starting from zero myself. But and uh, so I ended up enjoying it very much. I still teach it to this day, and I, and I now teach all of the things that I wanted to. Yeah. Uh, now I've moved into all those things at the academy, but I still do constitutional law because it's kind of where I started, and I, I don't want to give it up. I, I enjoy teaching it. But um, somewhere along that line, um, I became very, very disillusioned. It's our, you know, DWI hunters and, and SFST and DRE, we're a, a community. We, we all know each other. Yeah. And I became very disillusioned with the way things were, were being around and the way things were working. And now, yeah. now DWI specifically, that those types of... Yes and okay. no. I mean, it's kind of two. One, one on the instruction side, people just being taught things that just didn't ring true. I mean, how many times have you told, you're going to get killed in court and you're no. going to be in court every day? Well, uh-huh. No, you're not. Right. No, you're not. And a defense attorney might say this, that, yeah, and you, you, chances are you probably still win. Yeah. Uh, but you know that, and it was very, very clicky, um, clickish. Uh, oh, yeah. Clicky, clickish. Click, clickish. Sweet. Could you answer that? Yeah, can I Google? Can you, that? Can you I think, Google? I think I'm just going to make an executive decision. I think it's clickish. Clickish. Okay. okay. Clickish. Yeah, that sounds yeah. good. Um, but then you know also, and I know you can identify with this. Just you arrest DWIs night after night after night. You get to a saturation point where you can only listen to "You're ruining my life" and "I'm going to kill your family" and. And you know, f your kids and yes. blah. You can only listen to that for so long uh-huh. before it starts messing with your head. Like I got to step away from this. Yeah. I'm out. And so, about that time, it was about oh nine, oh eight, oh nine, something like that. I, I went into investigations, uh, and I was in there for a long time. Um, and so, uh, just kind of stepped away from the the. I was st- kept up my certifications and everything, but mm-hmm. didn't really do much. And then. Uh, after enough time, I was just kind of like, you know, I kind of want to get back in that game a little bit. And that's kind of when I 
You want to step back into okay. it? Yeah. Oh, yeah got cool. it. I was, I've been a DRE for a long time, but I've only been an instructor for three or four years just because I stepped away from it for so long. Sure. So. Well, I, I say this, you're an asset, man. Anytime you're there and, and teaching, uh, so the Trom, the guy we're <clears throat> celebrating his birthday, so I told him, I said, hey, we're going to go to Don's, we're recording a podcast, and he's like, hey, just so you know, he's like, man, that dude's legit. He said he was the best, by far, the best instructor in my DRE school. I mean, so, you know, the students don't remember every teacher, let's oh, sure. be honest, right? Sure. Uh, they usually remember the really good ones and then the really bad ones. <laughs> the ones they got to keep tally marks on the phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was really cool that, uh, you know, he had automatically, as soon as I said your name, go, oh, man, that, that guy was awesome. I, I, I mean, you do this long enough and you, you've been doing it long enough, you know, to sit through a boring class is miserable. Oh, yes. It's miserable. I don't want to teach one, and they shouldn't have to sit through one. So yeah. I just—it's—it's it's a commitment thing. It's almost counterproductive. Like yeah. it would be time would be better spent if they hadn't even come to the class to go yeah. to a bad class. And, and I'm sure you'll agree. You can see them check out. Oh yeah. You go up. Oh, this is a turning point. I need to step up, or they're done. Right. right. Adult learners are teaching adults are or is tough. Teaching adult cops. That's really tough. Mm -hmm. Especially it, ones you're familiar with. Yes. Because, and most... Uh, now, the, the reason I like conferences is because most of them have chosen to go to that, right? So you get a lot of good interaction. But you get some, like, local trainings or classes. Some are voluntold. And, you know, just because you're voluntold doesn't mean you can't receive the information. So, right. And I try to be, and I know you do too, engage them in as many ways as possible. Mm -hmm. So. Well, we can, I, I had many times a trial by fire on that. When I first started teaching SFST, uh, I team taught with a guy from a neighboring agency. And he's very, he was very passionate about DWI too. And all of the people from my agency were there because they wanted to be there. All of the people who came from his agency were forced to be mm -hmm. there. None of them cared about DWI. None of them wanted anything to do. He had, you had detectives in there that did not want to be there, and they made it known from day one. And like, okay, we're here for a week. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. And wow. we did, but he would do. We would do that every year. He would bring a group through that just didn't want to be there. And I'm man, we we did that for three, four years straight. It was it was awful. And that yeah, that can be a beating too. You yes. talked about the drunks beating it down. That can be a beating yes. when cops just don't want to be there. And they usually don't hold back, like you said. No, they let you know. Yeah, they do not. You got to take it out on somebody. Yeah, and I like to go around the room at the beginning, introductions, and I ask them, voluntold or volunteered? And, you know, you'll get those guys, voluntold, and I just needed the hours, and you're going, oh, man. And, you know, my thing is I try to give them information, but then, more importantly, I try to make sure the ones that want to be there get the information. So not that I'm writing them off, but I also want to focus on the people that are going to put it in practice. Well, well I mean, just from, like, just, you get more frustrated that with that situation where you have individuals that are uh, making it known that they don't want to be there and also uh, somewhat impeding other people's want to be there as well. That's, so a, that's exactly what yeah. I was going to say. You get these younger guys and they listen to these old salts. Yeah, I'm voluntold, and they think, oh, that's how I should be. Yeah, that's yeah. I, should, I should be like that. Yeah, yeah. Because you can almost see it. Like I, I sit, in, you know, I sit in the back and you know do some of the pictures and kind of watch the dynamic of the room, and uh, you can see some of those those young ones that come in maybe a little eager and like, hey, mm -hmm. like I am kind of interested in this, and then you can see the the crusty old guy that immediately sets the tone. And then when Ryan asks for questions, nobody's got questions, but when it's time for break, all the young guys run to Ryan 
because they don't want anybody yes. to you know. Experience that. Yes, yeah. you oh, experience yeah. that. You know, well, they don't the, want anybody to know that they're actually interested in what's you're right. happening. The guy I was teaching with, you know, he, we, we kind of had an informal pact, you know, he, if there are problems with people from your agency, you deal with them. If they're from my agency, yeah. I'll deal with them. And his his way of dealing with it is would be, you know, like, oh, this is stupid. Well, I control your certification, so you can sit here all week for nothing if you want. I'm not going to give you a certificate. Oh, no. And, and you can hear <laughs> a pin drop. Like, anyway, so back to the slide. <laughs> yeah. There are nine steps in the walk and turn. <laughs> back to the slide that you don't want to hear about. Let's get to it. Oh, wow. That's I say that's awesome. It's not awesome. It's just it's just so common, and you, know, you can read it like a book. Now, for me, I feel like I don't know what, if it's if I'm looking for it more or, or whatever, but I feel like maybe the tie the younger guys are finding the DWI stuff attractive again. It's, yeah, it's on again. it's on the upswing. Yeah, the upswing. yeah. yeah. They're, they're wanting to do it, and you right. see these younger and even when there is an old crusty guy in there, they're still asking questions. You know, they'll they'll get engaged because they think you know, that's the cool thing to do. Because that's the way I, when I say raised, I mean raised in the cop world. So my first ride along um, was with the trooper, and first call was a fatality crash. And I didn't know, like, we're, I didn't know what a J four was. We're running code, so he gets there and he's like, "Hey, and this guy's great." He's like, "Hey, just stay on my hip. I'm going to show you how this is done." And again, I have no idea. Get there, dead body. I'm like, "Oh my god, there's a dead person here." <laughs> well, the thing I'll never forget is there was a Corona bottle sitting right right above the steering wheel on the dash, almost like it was placed there, label up like a commercial. And I remember going, man, that's, that guy's probably drunk. You know, that didn't seem that hard. And I thought that's that's just what you did because he went and arrested the guy and was very uh, good about it. Then I did a couple other ride-alongs with some city guys, and I'm going to say his name, Don Massengill, out of Monette. And that's all I wanted to do was drunks, drunks, drunks. So when I was coming up, I thought that was the cool thing. I'm like, every, every cop's a drunk hunter. I've got to be a drunk hunter. Well, I think you know, once I got in, I'm going, oh, not everybody's a drunk hunter. In no, fact, they're it's not. about <laughs> 10 to, or 5 to 10%. Some will cops. run in the other direction. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, anyway, I came in with that mentality that it, that it was cool and sexy and, and, and all this stuff. And I guess I've just never shifted from it. But I've, I've been blessed with the people that I sure. that helped well, and, and, you know, it's it's all about what you watch and what you model. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason I got into DWI and DRE so early is because the person I had in the academy that was teaching a lot of the stuff was, was the guy I really looked up to by the name of uh, Kevin Reeves. I don't know if you ever yeah, met Kevin I, I Reeves. I know that name. Uh, Kevin was one of the people who kind of helped start the DRE program here in Missouri. Uh, he was Lee Summit PD, and he's since moved on. He's the chief in uh, a small town of Texas now. But, oh, uh, cool. Uh, you know, I watched Kevin and, and some of the other DWI instructors I had in the academy. Like, that's what I want to do. I want yeah. to do that. That's awesome. And they said, yeah, I mean, if you do it right, you can be a DRE, and it's the hardest thing you can do yeah. in law enforcement. Sign me up. That's what I want to do. That's yeah. what I want. I want the hard thing. I want that. Um, so, you know, I think back to the times when I kind of got, you know, self-pity, and I, ah, I'm, I'm done with DWI. And, and you know, I'm the thing most likely missed the boat on some opportunities to uh, bring some other people up and get them more interested in it than they Probably could have been. Um, so I had a guy like that too that I really looked up to. He was named Sean Clausen. Yeah, he was a cop. Yeah, yeah, he was a cop out of Springfield. And when I I first went to a, uh, I worked at Monette PD, so a smaller town that Southwest Missouri. Uh, great place to work. Um, I mean, I'd go back there in a heart. In a heart mm-hmm. You know, if something happened, Shmi's looking at me. I'd, I mean, I'd go back there in a heart because just because they treated me really well. Sure. It was a really good, good agency. But anyway, they sent me to a DRE conference, and I walked in, and 
um, it was about breath testing. Well, Sean's teaching, and I thought, oh my gosh, this, this is so cool because yeah. I was I was actually learning something. Right, you're not just because most cop training is this: you show up, you have a heartbeat, and you pass, right. or you get your credit, right. right? And I thought, oh my god, I'm actually learning something. So I always wanted to mimic the way that I teach it after him. That's sure. all I wanted to do. I'm like, well, that's that's the cool. Yeah, way he was an entertaining instructor. That's yeah. that's it. Yeah. You have to be, and it's not a, I mean, you don't got to be, you know, telling jokes all the time. And a lot of instructors fall into that pitfall, like, oh, you'd be entertaining. I'm going to stand up here and tell a lot of jokes yeah. and funny stories, and they are not funny. Yes. They are not funny people. And like, wow, this is way worse than it would have been <laughs> yeah. if you just give me the stuff, man. Yeah. I like when they drop a bomb and it's crickets. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's bad. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, there's a fine line, right, in being funny and um, engaging and, and teaching. And I think you, you do really... A great job at all of that stuff. You're one of those guys. There's very few people that every time they teach, I enjoy listening to. And one of my other buddies, <clears throat> AG, I listen to his class, and Greg, Greg one. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two guys just talk, and I just listen. And you know, you're one of those guys too. When you're talking, I'm going, yeah, I'm just listening, and I know that I'm going to pick something up. So, sure, you know, even if people aren't telling you that, I'm going to tell you that you're, you're doing a great job. I and, appreciate it. And it's awesome. Trying to mix it up. It's good. It's good teaching at DRE because you do have a captive audience that really does want to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I teach a lot of different things, and I've been tasked to teach stuff over the years that I was like, okay, here we go. Sure. But uh, you know, you got two choices. You can you can make it boring and make it miserable for people to sit there, or you can Make it entertaining, and if you if you don't care about the subject matter, they're they're not going to care either. So I got sent to uh, right when all of the post Ferguson stuff was going on. Mm. Uh, I got sent to a uh, train the trainer for um, what was it? Uh, Fair and impartial policing. Okay, it was a very expensive course, uh, but I got sent to that. And uh, day one, just sitting through the instructor course, I'm like, okay, this is going to be. Some stuff that some people are going to be, it's going to be a hard sell. They're not going to be happy but about it. I, it. To this day, I, ever since I've taught it, it's it's one of the it's one of the favorite classes I enjoy teaching. I, okay. I really do because it's a it's a dialogue driven class. It's not. I'm going to stand up here and lecture. I literally sit down in a chair across the table. I'm like, all right, we're going to have a real conversation. Nobody in here has any rank. What do you think about being here? And of course, you know right away, it's crickets, nothing. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, no, go ahead, let's say it. Send it, let it out. What do you got? Bullshit. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Let it rip. It is. That's right. <laughs> and I'll say, and to, to to carry it further, it is effing bullshit. And that's when everybody goes, okay, I, I know this guy. Yeah, this guy's on board. I got it. I got it. Well, I think I haven't seen you like in a class or anything like that, but I have seen you in kind of an informal, hands-on instructing setting. And I think that that the you know when you said if you have to care, if you care about the topic, it's easy to teach or you know uh, people receive it better. I think. That's that rung true with me. Like when I've seen you, I'm like, oh, this guy cares, and I. Oh, I, the green lives is great. Yeah, no, I would sit there, I'll sit there, and like listen to him, you know, instruct the the groups and things like that, because I can tell he cares and he's consistent in his in his instruction, and but I think he, that's the the a, a good factor that people yeah. don't think about a lot of time is like you can tell when somebody themselves cares about yeah. the subject matter they're teaching. You you gotta you're limited by your creativity. Um, Back in seventeen, when they changed the uh, the statutes, they overhauled all the statutes. Mm-hmm. I had I got tasked with doing a, a countywide uh, legal update course. I'm like, okay, cover all the stuff that changed. I'm like, <laughs> wow, eight hour day of this, Ooh. eight hour day of this. Okay, so I, you know you think of little things like, you know, I'd say, okay, now here's the best part of the class. Here's here's what here's the objectives. Here's what we're gonna cover. Here's the best part. Are you ready? Lower my voice way down. Say, 
if you sit through this. I can make you a promise. You will receive, and I pull it out, this eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper that has your name written. You're going to want to give copies of these to your kids. Of course, yeah. the holidays, you're going to want to, it's going to say that you completed this training on legal updates. And I keep circling back to that. You know, I come back on there. All right, seven hours left. And just a reminder, you're only seven hours away <laughs> from this. So that, I, of course, you get a laugh every time, you yeah. know, and I, I'd say, let me tell you some other things you can do with this. You know, I've I, I, I talked for 10 minutes about the certificate and then go on. And uh, one of the critiques I got at the end of the day was because I, I read those course critiques and one of them was said, certificate not as good as advertised. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. Reviews are also the, the best. Yeah. If you have a good sense of humor, mm -hmm. reviews are awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I just got a review. Uh, I know I've shifted now to reviews, but I just, you know, all these things are firing. But uh, so the last conference, well, I guess you weren't there. Yeah. You were in, you're on vacation. That's in Hawaii. Yeah. 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 Hawaii. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe you didn't want to be in Columbia, I mean, Missouri. Yeah. But <laughs> Listen to Ryan one talk. Hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one of the reviews, so who I taught for is usually sends it, you know, a copy of them. <clears throat> so I was cruising through them. And I have no doubt this is one of my friends, but it made me laugh. And it said, this presentation makes me want to punch you in the face a little bit less. And I thought, wow, I won somebody over. How neat is that? Again, I'm sure it was somebody just effing with me. Well, it, it, it's funny because you can, in some of those reviews, you can kind of pick up on what, what some people are latching on to. Mm -hmm. I, and I when I teach instructor development, I talk about this all the time. I'm like, you have got to be careful with your words. Because uh -huh. if you say something wrong, it's not about offending people. It's your, your, That's all they're going to pay attention to. Like, I watch news broadcasts and I'll hear... Somebody from law enforcement, a chief or a captain or somebody, a PIO, say, cooperate. Oh, we were able to cooperate the story. And it <laughs> makes me so, it makes me so mad I want to punch babies. I just I get <laughs> I just see red. That's not a word. The word is either corroborate yeah. or cooperate. Yeah. There is no cooperate. Yeah. That's like, not a thing. Yeah, you, everything else is just like a bleeped out tone because yeah. there's that one word. You and just so latch onto that. I remember teaching that an SFST class. And how many times were, were we were coming up, did we hear like Gary Lowe and them guys that would say, oh, you need to notate this in your report, and you need to notate this in your report, and you need to notate that. And, I, and of course, I fell right in line. You need to notate this uh -huh. in your report, and you need to notate this in your narrative, blah, blah. And the critique, all it was was uh, she took the page and turned it landscape and wrote with a big black marker, marker notate is not a word. You note something or you make a notation. Notate is not a word. Love that. Huge black it letters. Is. And so I'm like, that's all that person yeah. heard yeah. for the entire time yeah. she was here. Oh, yeah. Well, I had, so completely off topic of law enforcement, but in college, I had a history professor, which I love history, and you don't have to sell me on learning about it. But the way he spoke was after... She's it, kind of a nerd. <laughs> kind of. Uh, but after, like, after he spoke, he would say, you know, he would give his spiel on whatever history we're learning about, and then he would go, okay, and I'd be like, I'm honed in. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I forgot okay. everything you said. Like, that was a delete button because it, it was the concept of, oh, you know what I'm talking about. But his version was, okay, and I was like, nope, it's not okay. It's not okay. You need to fix that. <laughs> I can't handle your tone that you're speaking right now. But yeah, like just making stuff up or having those ticks mm. that just kind of people latch onto, especially if you're an auditory learner. That's a, that's a, I'm glad just, I went to online college. I didn't have to listen yeah, to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was painful. And yeah, I, like I said, I, I don't know that I learned anything that semester, but 
I, I got one more review story. This okay. one always so like the very first class I ever officially taught was at a conference, like 250 people. And I was nervous. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm going, that's baptism by fire. Yes, it is. And I had been, I had been a, a, a trooper for, I don't know, all of about a year. And they asked me to teach this DWI stuff at, at the DRE conference. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I say yes. And I'm going, I remember just reviewing it in my room and all this stuff. So the, then you, you get up there and you get a flow, right? And you feel it. You go, okay, I, now I'm in the group. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I feel like I'm moving and shaking, doing good. A lot of good interaction. And I remember like an attorney had asked a question. And I, the way that I came back probably could have been a little bit better, right? I'm not scared to admit that. So anyway, I just cruise on. So then down the road, um, they send me the reviews. And all of them were really, I've read every line, right? I'm going, oh, wow, this is good stuff. Yeah, good reviews. So I get, <laughs> I get halfway through of all, you know, all the reviews. And all it said was, and Shmi, get your bleep button ready. Who the f- is this guy that's all it said no like one star five star who the is this guy and i thought it had to be that one person that i just i came at and i didn't even mean to it was just a reaction so anyway that was my one my first review and and you're probably right probably was that one guy you you know you you watch a big group like that and you can like you said you can tell the ones that are checked out Mm -hmm. you can also tell the ones who are not on your side Mm -hmm. like that's not a that's not a fan of mine right there yep and then, well, then you, you fall into the trap of the people who are nodding along and everything. You start teaching, you start talking to them yeah. more because those are the allies. You know, yes. I'm going to stick with these folks. These are my yep. people. I'm going I'm to ignore They're everyone safe. else. They're yeah. safe. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 the the big uh, the big conferences are tough. Speaking of the uh, how the course go, the uh, uh, the job isn't dead. It's it was, first time we did it in Missouri, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. It was really good. Um, <clears throat> added this. Added this, so my thing is every time I teach, I try to add a little bit more because I'm you know listening to books or, or trying to update everything. So it, it went really well. The reviews were really good. Um, in fact, I'm doing it, is it next month? Here in... Yeah, at the lake. Yeah, at the lake. So yeah, and, and I think we've got that scheduled a lot. Yeah, good. I think that, yeah, next next month at the lake is like the end of like the summer and then you have a pretty busy fall and out of state stuff. Yeah, was it three in Michigan or something like that? Yeah, three in Michigan, Can- Canada. Canada, two in Canada or something. I don't remember, but yeah, it's going really good. Yeah, yeah, it's going good, and and so for me, I don't think it's anything that I'm saying. I think that cops are just we're really looking for something right to latch onto that's a positive thing. (laughs) That's not some crusty guy saying, "Well, this job sucks. It's the worst thing." You know, you got these young guys three, four years on that are going, "Oh wow, there's some challenges here," and I think they're just looking for something. Mm -hmm. And and hopefully, and we talked about this last or you know, a, a different episode, hopefully you're reaching one person at least, you know, and if you do reach that one three or four year guy or gal and it allows them to continue on, then in my mind, job well done, right? It's, right. it's job uh, good to go. So, right. Yeah. There, Cause there is, there's a lot of negativity out there in this, this job. And, and I think that, that perpetuates generation after generation, unless it's like an object of motion stays in motion until something stops it. Sure. Um, you know, I found myself in that in that kind of same boat uh, early on in my career. I went to a uh, uh, leadership class, the first leadership class I ever went to. Um, uh, PATC put it on. It was uh, the instructor was a retired sergeant from Portsmouth, Virginia, named Michael Coker. I'll never forget his name because yeah. I mean he was an outstanding instructor. It was an outstanding course, and 
he would not tolerate uh, you know, people being negative in the class, and he, he proved it on the first day. It was a week-long class, and there was a guy in there from a very, very small agency. Uh, we all knew him, but uh, he, uh, you know, he was going around the ring asking just one-on-one, you know. Most of the time when you see introductions, you know, it's this person, then that person, sure. in a perfect line, <laughs> but he went around and pointed at people. Tell me about you. Tell me about you, and tell me what you're doing. This guy, uh, he was known for kind of being a negative guy. He goes, yeah, right now, I, I guess I'm the chief of police of a small town just because I'm the only one who'd be dumb enough to take the job. And, you know, cynicism, yeah. you know, law enforcement. And, uh, and, he, and he called him out right in front of everybody. And he said, well, you know, you can always get out. You can always get the F out of the job. <laughs> Nobody's making you stay there. You can leave any time you want. And, like, he, he made it known day one. That won't be tolerated. Like here. that. And... That guy ended up leaving the class, but I mean, it set the tone for the rest of the week. Sure. Like, okay, we're here to be positive and learn some stuff about you know what we're going to do. And like, okay, that's awesome. <laughs> and the cool thing about that is, like you said, to this day you remember that guy's name. Oh yeah. So obviously he's doing something right for yeah. you to still talk about that. Oh, oh, I use a lot of his material. One of his quotes, you know, he said he he said he came up with this and said, made his kids recite it before bedtime every night, which might be a bit much. But he said, <laughs> uh, he said uh, excuses are tools of the incompetent which create monuments of nothingness, and those who specialize in them are seldom good at anything but making excuses. Wow. Jot that down. Yeah, sound bite. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah, jot that down. That was good. I am going to jot that down. Yeah, okay. I guess you're not jotting it down? I'll well, jot if you tell down. me what the sound bite is. This is why we fire Smee. Mm. Bird, can you call in and fire Smee, please? I don't have the heart to do it to her anymore. <laughs> um, so, yeah, cool. That, and that kind of leads us into... <clears throat> We've been really talking a lot about leadership and in policing, and we try to have some, uh, I guess, lighthearted fun, but then also get into some sure. you know, some serious stuff too. So, well, it is fun. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Is, yeah, yeah, that's true. I've told everyone who ever listened to me that I do. I will. You know, the question always comes up: How much longer you got? There you go. Yeah. yeah. I will, yeah. Until it's not fun anymore. When it's not fun anymore, I'm not going to do it anymore. Yeah, and I've actually heard you say that, so I, can, I can definitely back that up. That's it. If it's not fun, get out. Go do something else. You only live on this rock one time. Get one run out. Get one. That's it. Yeah. If, if you're not doing something fun, don't go do something else. There's plenty of fun stuff to do out there. If this is not the thing that's fun to you, go find something else to do. Nobody's keeping you here. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and especially with like a topic like leadership, it never ends. Like it, ne- it, it's always changing. It's always evolving. Yeah. Like it's never something that you check off your list. Like achieved <clears throat> optimal leadership done like it's something that's just constantly evolving so if you can't have fun with it and learn and change and adapt then you're gonna be a very sad individual I, absolutely i tell my guys I, I every every meeting i close out i say the same thing i said i only have three main orders that's it there's a whole big policy book and everything else but it all boils down to three things be safe be for i'm sorry be safe be professional have fun those are the three directives that'll never change be safe because if you're not safe you can't do anything else right. be professional because that's what matters most of all that gets money, that gets dollars, that gets votes, and have fun. Because if you're not, if you're having fun, everything else will fall. Yeah. Um, you know, the agency I worked for pre- uh, previously, I was in the uh, detective unit, and uh, I was at the academy teaching one day, and there was one guy that stood out at practicals. I'm like, that guy's awesome. We need to hire that guy. He had some stuff he did just instinctually. He just can't train. He, like, that's natural to him. We need to hire that guy. And he came over. Yeah, I talked him out of leaving the agency he was going to go work for and coming to us, which is kind of dirty pool, but it's the day and age. We <laughs> you got to do now. what you got to do. <laughs> so he came over and worked for us. And uh, he was, he, he got toward, 
I think phase four, he's getting ready to start phase four, but extended a couple times in FTO and he wasn't doing well and didn't make any sense and he turned in his resignation. Mm-hmm. And I said, that can't be right. That's right. not the same guy. And I talked to him and I said, well, man, I, want, I just want to pick your brain on why you're, why you're thinking about leaving. He's like, ah, just now yeah, I'm not cutting in. It's not, it's not like I thought it would be and whatnot. And then, in that conversation just kind of dawned on me that he's not having any fun with this. Yeah. And so I, I convinced, uh, my admin at the time, I said, Hey, let me out of the detective unit for a couple of weeks. Let me, let me train him for two weeks. And I said, let, let's make a deal with him. He's well, let me train him for two weeks. And if he still thinks that way, then he, he can leave no hard feelings, but he's got to turn in a two week notice anyway. What right. do we got to lose? Sure. So all I did to focus that two weeks on like, let me show you the fun stuff. Let me show you the fun stuff you can do. And he's to this day, he still works there. Really? Yeah. Um, and he's, uh, he's, he's outstanding just like I thought he would be, but that's all, that's all it took is just, he needed, he had an FTO at the time and, and the guy's a great teacher. He's a great FTO, but he's a very, this is by the book and this is how you do this and this is how it's done. And I'm going to teach you this and you're going to learn this skill. And so it wasn't, he wasn't the, I'm going to wash you out kind of FTO. He right. was just very straight laced and that's not what that particular guy needed. He needed to be sure this job's fun, man. If you do it right, it's fun. It is. It yes, is. and everybody requires a different, like a different, comp, like a mix of that, right? So you know, the the straight laced guy maybe had a lot of fun reading policy and you know checking boxes or right. whatever. Because that, that's he loves yeah. that. Stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. his thing. That's his definition of fun. Um, but everybody has a different mix and what they think is fun. So you have to find that for yourself and and you know balance that because sometimes it's it's easy to go one way or the other. Absolutely right. Yeah, and you know one of the things that appealed to me about this this chief of police job is it's it's a working chief job. I still I still work patrol. I'm working patrol Sunday. Um we had a call I still go out and arrest drunks. I still do all the same stuff patrol guys do. Uh, not because I have to. I got people that could do it but I want to. Take some notes because that's what we should be doing. <laughs> God dang. Uh, we had a call yesterday. I'm supposed to leave I'm supposed to leave at four o'clock and at three thirty they got a call that come out about a party uh, slumped over the wheel halfway in a parking space at Casey's. By the way, I'm ramming you for that call. I would T-bone your car. And I, I literally did. We had, a, we had, a, we had a, a, a reserve officer on FTO, and I like literally said, get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's an order. Move. And I raced over there, uh, and then uh, come to find out she had already come to and gone in the bathroom. So the DWI oh, case is shot oh. by that point. And so, all right, she guys is again. Just don't let her drive. <laughs> Bye. Don't let her drive. Bye. She's all yours. You said Casey's parking lot? Yeah. Every crime imagine, and I'm a Casey's fan, happens in either, in Missouri anyway, a Casey's come and go or QT parking lot. Uh, Every crime imagine. Add Walmart to that. Add, yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> That's the gosh. No, so uh, I, have a, I do have a question. So you said that this this job is a, a working chief's job. Right. So that's, I'm, I'm assuming that structure is different everywhere. I know that in healthcare where I came from, um, yeah, any physician that held a like a leadership role still had to, to pull shifts as well with, you know, whatever, in whatever respective department. If they were a medical director, they still had to work in the ICU or ER or whatever that case may be. I'm guessing that differs between agency on whether or not admin or staff still have to work a certain amount of I'd say it, it it matters more about your staffing and staffing levels probably more so than the job um, you know I hear a lot in of, of places say oh we have a working chief nothing could be further from the truth um, you know we have there's an agency in our our region here where I, I know that chief and uh, I knew they were short-staffed and you know, we, we were at a meeting here in our region, and I, I walked in just casually. I'm like, well, have you started? Because I knew he was very shorthand. I'm like, I heard you guys are super short. Have you started working the road yourself yet? 
you know, just in jest. And he goes, right. ah, no, I got detectives I'll send back out to the road before that happens. I'm like, that's, wow, what a, what a piece of work. But that attitude's very, very common. It is. And, you know, I went to a uh, FBI leader, um, uh, leadership course here uh, back in March over in uh, Council Bluffs. And there were a lot, I was, I think I was the only Missouri agency there. And um, everybody else was from Iowa and Nebraska, that area there. But, uh, you know, I heard a lot of them, you know, I, I was the only chief in the room. So I got mm -hmm. to hear, I had to hear a lot of people just unload to the instructor about their chief and this and out of touch. And yeah, I guess they say they're a working chief. They ain't worked the road and blah, blah, blah. And, okay. So yeah, it, had, it means different things to different people, mm -hmm. I think. So let me ask you this, um, working chief. Shouldn't everybody, whether it's admin, all the way down the road, at some level, be a working, I'm going to say, officer, right? And don't you, and I'm going to, have to kind of follow that up. Is that, isn't that a personal decision? Because you make that decision to go out and lead by example. Sure. And I'm going to use, if you don't mind, your scenario of this other chief who made the decision to not do that. And I think everybody, as long as you have the authority and you're, you're an officer, to go out and enforce the law. So would you, would you agree that's more of a personal thing or? I, I think it it matters more um, as far as why they chose a leadership role in the first place. Uh, and a lot of people get into leadership roles in law enforcement for the wrong reasons, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Uh, either it's padding that resume or quite frankly, I don't want to be on patrol anymore. Yeah. It sucks. Yes. Because they weren't having fun at it when they were in patrol. They, and. You know, sometimes it takes perspective. You know, I, I worked eight years in patrol before I got a chance to do anything else. I worked at a small department, you know, with 30 officers. You're not going to get those opportunities. And so eight years came along, um, and I'd put in for a couple of promotions prior to that. Didn't get them. Um, other people did. And, and uh, eight years came along. Finally got the chance to get put in the detective unit and uh, wasn't sure if I was going to like it or not. But I'm like, I was trying to do something different. And I did. Loved it. Um, and I did that for two years. And then the uh, a sergeant promotion came available, and the biggest and I'll preface this by saying I, I didn't know what I was thinking at the time, but probably the biggest mistake of my career uh, was taking that sergeant position. Um, two years in investigations is not a long time. It sounds like that, but it goes so fast, mm -hmm. uh, especially in investigations, because everything is so much more fast paced, and you're doing so many more different things. Um, but the reason I wanted the sergeant promotion at the time was the reason I think that a lot of uh, administrators and other leaders get into leadership positions now is that you, you want to move up. I, my, my goal yeah. is to be promoted. Why? Well, so that I can be promoted. Right. But why? So, so that I'm up here now. Right. And then I don't have to work the road anymore. I don't right. have to be cold in the winter. I don't have to be warm or too hot in the summer. I don't have to be wet on this raining outside. And uh, I can tell other people to do that. So I've done my time, by God. Mm -hmm. um, and so <laughs> God. I, like that. I had to put some restraint on it. <laughs> uh, so I did that for five years, and it was the five most miserable years of my career. I hated being a sergeant for those five years. Um, and when I look back on it now, I realize that the reason I didn't like it is because I was doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. I was doing it for the wrong reasons. I was in it for the wrong reasons. Um, then I, I begged and fought and scratched and nailed and threatened to quit if I I wanted to go back and do investigations. I said, I hate this. I don't, I'm not enjoying it. I'm not doing a good job. I don't want to go back in investigations. And so they found their way to making that happen. And I went back in. 
And so then I went back in there for another five years, uh, kind of blew the fire out of my lungs, got to do some stuff I hadn't got to do before, work some big cases. And that was about the time I, I really, uh, really kind of started spending some time around the guy I mentioned earlier, Bill yeah. Irwin's big, big mentor of mine. And, and reading a little more about leadership and, and paying a little more more close attention, realized that's kind of when it dawned on me I was doing this wrong. It's it should be about those guys. The reason you, you take a leadership position is about the guys to bring them up, to foster them, to mentor them. You're not going to be around forever. Somebody's got to be the next generation that comes <laughs> yeah. into this job that you love so much. So if you're not going to lead them up, then who else is going to do it? Yeah. And so then sergeant promotion came around again. I came back, went back and out on the road as a sergeant. Did much better. Loved it. Best time of my career the, that year. And then I got promoted. So yeah, I went straight from being a patrol sergeant at one agency to the chief of police at another agency. That's You want to talk about a vertical learning curve <laughs> yeah. all at once. Have you carried that that learning over? I mean, I, I know the answer to this. I know why I'm asking because I, I know you personally. I just want you to say it into the mic. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, but, you know, I, I love that you said because, uh, see, Greg, too, and I forgot what number that was in season one talk. He got promoted to a sergeant's position. If you listen to him talk, it was for the right reasons, mm-hmm. you know, to, to lead his people and to, to bring these young guys up, like you said, to have fun because this is the, the greatest job on the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. So did that kind of really help you with your chief position now is, is I guess, struggling initially and then having to step back and then go back into that leadership role, has that kind of influenced you today? I think so. I think so. You know, the old saying, you can't see the forest for the trees. You don't know that you're being a negative cynic mm-hmm. until somebody points it out to you. Yeah. Or you see something and go, man, I'm being that way. Or you don't realize that you're doing something wrong until you somebody that points it out to you or have the benefit of perspective of stepping back and going, okay, wait a minute, sure. and seeing it after the fact. Um, and so, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I, it's funny, my, uh, I didn't think I had a prayer to get in this job. I'm like, I just want to go through the process. Uh, and so I, I think that probably helped me in the interview because I wasn't, I'm like, I don't know, go in here right, and we got say whatever I want. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, and, you know, one, one of the questions they asked me during the interview was, uh, why do you think this is the right move for you at this point in your career? I said, I don't. <laughs> I'm here for the free donuts. I said, I, I don't. I said, I have no idea if this is a job that I'd want to do. And if I, if you offered it to me, I'd really have to think about whether I wanted it or not. And they kind of, they had some big eyes, but uh, then in my follow-up. That's the honest answer. Yeah. Well, in my follow-up interview, they said, we do want to ask a question. Earlier you said uh, that this, I'm like, well, to be quite honest, at that time, I didn't think I had a prayer good job. <laughs> And here I am. But, but uh, <laughs> so let me be fair. Yes, I do want the job, and and and, and yes. But uh, my uh, my records clerk, because I was telling this story to my guys, I don't know, three weeks ago. One of my younger guys said, "Hey, he said, hey, chief, can I can I come and shadow you one day?" I'm like, "Why would you do that? Why would you put yourself through that kind of torture?" <laughs> and uh, he said, "Well, I just kind of want to see what you do." I'm like, "I mean, the answer to your question is yes, yeah. sure, but." You're gonna be bored. I mean, here's here I, I go to meetings and I sit at my desk a lot. Yeah, a yeah. lot. I'm on the phone a lot. Um, but uh, he, he said, "Well, I just kind of you know wanted to see what the path was like." And I go, "I'll be honest with you, I don't even know what that path looks like." I kind of looked into this. <laughs> Listen, I fell off the path I was on, and here I am. I'm not really sure. I said, uh, "I said I, I I interviewed for this job, not having thinking I had a prayer or getting it." And uh, my records clerk at that time, she goes, "Well, I gotta tell you something about that." What she said? Well, uh, you did your you, all you your the candidates did their interviews in the city council chambers, yeah. 
they left the mics on and we have access to that here to look and watch all that. So we might have had a watch party and watched all of the interviews. Oh, nice. And I said, really? She goes, yeah, we knew you were getting the job on the first interview. We knew that was Oh, that's like, awesome, oh, that's, though. Okay. That's what a cool. compliment, right? Yeah. When people are telling you, that's, yeah. essentially, that's yeah. the guy we want. Right. Man, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. So I want to go back to your, uh, you know, you said, talking about negativity and you find yourself at some point doing that, right? Sure. So for me, I, I kind of adopted that too. And, and I would see all these other negative guys and I've been around a lot of negative people. And I got to watch myself because I kind of start to also become negative. So I kind of do this thing and I talked about it on a few episodes ago, but like active listening. And it's, it's going to sound kind of weird, but I listen to myself talk, which kind of sounds stupid. You always hear yourself talk, but no, listen, right? Actually hear what you're saying. And you can catch yourself going, I'm headed down a negative path right now. And this is not what I want to be known for. What I'm, What's about to come out of my mouth. So every once in a while, if you really watch, I'll stop mid-sentence and just not talk anymore. I yeah. just go off to something else. Yeah. Because I know I was headed down some path that I don't. So I guess my challenge to anybody that's listening would be to act, actually listen to yourself. right? And with the words that are coming out of your mouth, would that inspire you? Or would that inspire somebody else to sure. hear that? And if the answer is no, shut up. Yeah, don't say it. Don't say it. Listen you know? more than you talk. Yeah. yeah, there's plenty of negativity. Be the guy that's not, right? Be the guy that's find, find something positive and, and, and to move people forward. And so that's my thing. And I'm not saying I'm perfect, right? I'm still, there's times I'm going, I'm sitting here bitching. Yeah, there's, time, I, there's times you get down in the sewer, it happens. Yeah, what am I doing? Yeah. But again, my act, if, if I actively, I, I catch myself, hey, listen to what you're saying. I go, this is not you. Yeah. You're having a moment step out and yeah now I'll just well there's like you know it's probably some kind of like a you know painted wood sign somewhere but it's that concept of like your thoughts becomes your words and your words become your actions like that spiral of whatever environment you cre- create for yourself whether it be in your mind or you know um in your surroundings that's that's the world you're going to live in so if you're thinking negatively you're talking negatively then you're not going to be having fun and you're not going to be enjoying what you're doing sure um there's a certain amount of that you create just by yourself. Well, it's groupthink too. You you know you model when you come onto your department. You don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You, you you look at the people who are there who are successful for whatever reason. Right. And uh, and there's definitions of what success is. Exactly. But, yeah. Yeah. You know you watch people who are successful and watch what they do. Like okay, what do they do? Okay, that's the behavior you should model. And if they're going to be negative, it's easy. It's so much easier. Just oh, that's the road we're going down. And yeah. everyone else is doing it. That's what I should do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know it's it's the you know, if your friend jumped off a bridge, would you would too? Would you do it? Well, yeah. No, but unless all of them did, because if they all did, yeah, yeah. I probably yeah. would do it. Yeah. If I'm being honest, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, no, and I, I love that because it's so easy. And we, I think we just fall into the trap, too, of just being negative because you get no resistance. No mm-hmm. one's going to go, wow, you're just so negative. I say no one. You should be in, like being checked, but rarely do people go, wow, you're being negative because it's easy for them to, to just pile on. Yeah, admin sucks. This captain sucks. It's so easy. You know, how about finding solutions to problems? How about looking at the good things and 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 passing that on to the to the people that are below you? Or, and I like my position because I know you had said you get to bring these people up. Mm-hmm. So what I currently do, the most rewarding thing is I see these young men and women excel, and the whole goal for me is to not to get them to replace me. I want to get them above me, right? Right. Excel way past what I what I could ever do, and you know how rewarding would it be for one of these young men or women to be 
the leader one day. Right. And I'm going, oh my gosh. And, I, and I'm seeing that in my career now. You know, that's you're absolutely right. It is rewarding because I look at the agency I came from and, and uh, you know, everybody I trained on FTO is in a supervisory position. You know, the sergeants or lieutenants now. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's, that, that's cool. How cool is that? And, and I wasn't the only one. It, maybe it had nothing to do with me, but I'm going to say it did. You're dang right. You ain't going to prove me otherwise. Yeah, no, there's nobody <laughs> saying notes on that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, that's it. You, 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 you're there for that reason. Um, you can still go out and, and uh, run and gun with the patrol guys sure. and, and show them what it's like, but uh, that's also, hey, I'm going to show you. Let me show you how, this, how to do this. Yeah. And do it and have fun with it because it is easy just to sit around and complain and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I'll tell you what's even, <clears throat> for me, what's cool is when they show me something. Oh, yeah. Right? So, <clears throat> excuse me, someone I've trained and it's been five years since I've been in the current, five or six years I've been in the current position I'm at. So I'm seeing these these uh, youngsters now become fully functioning, experienced, you know, officers. So that when I go work the road, which I do make it a point, number one, I love doing it. And number <laughs> two, we should be doing it anyway, right? Right. So when they go, oh, this has changed or this, this, and this, I'm like, God, how cool is that? You know, that this person has excelled to the point where I get to learn something now. So for me, that's just the most rewarding thing. And I know I've, I've probably talked about it and I ramble about it, but to see these young people who were, who knew nothing about law enforcement now become successful. And like you said, to believe, and even if I didn't, I'm going to tell myself, I had something to do with that. Right. To be a, I've been well, and, and for, for that effect that it had on you, that they were able to teach you something, what you don't see is the effect it had on them. Sure. Cause you think, I think back to the times of my career where I was able to, uh, to teach an older officer something that I knew that they didn't. And I felt that, that was yeah. the greatest. That was like cloud nine. Like, man, I knew something the old guy didn't know. That's yeah. awesome. And so then you think about, you just had that same effect on, on someone else. That yeah. You, we talked, showed you yeah. Something. We talked a little bit about that. Just honestly, just on the last one we reported, just that you can't quantify that value that you gave them by letting them teach you something. Right. So, you know, whether it's something that you knew and already forgot or something that you're not an expert in, Letting them teach you something as as your as their leader or their superior, like that level of value that you've just given to them, and how they value themselves and see themselves, mm-hmm. like that's irreplaceable, and you can't quantify that because for leaders in healthcare, like you, if you are going to be in a leader role, you will work some some mix of shifts. I like that. I think it's because a- how do you still connect? How do you still relate to your people if you have no idea what they're going Wait, through? But but does it though? That'd be my question. If you're forced to, you you will work X number of hours. Does doesn't that breed some resentment among some of them? Like oh, I gotta do this. being forced to being forced. Well, yeah, I mean it's, it's term of it's the, usually the terms of their medical directorship. So if mm-hmm. they don't want to be in a medical directorship role, then maybe they wouldn't put in for it in the first place. Yeah, I mean it's like literally their contract is like if you're going to be a medical director, you work a certain amount of shifts, and so if you're not interested in that mix, then. Maybe it, when it initially started, it seemed forced, but now it's an expectation of the role. Like, mm-hmm. oh, if I'm going to take on this role, I, this is my understanding of... So you may have some resistance initially when first implemented, but down the road, they, they, yeah. you know it's an expectation. They, you know, it's, they realize it's the it's what has to be done yeah. to get it's to It's part of the yeah. job duties yeah. is to still carry a certain level of clinical cases. Well, I think back to my previous agency when we had a, when we had a changeover in chiefs. I only worked for two chiefs there. And... Uh, First chief did things one way, and I got used to one mm-hmm. way for for ten years or however long it was before he he left, and we got a new chief in. And our new chief came from Kansas City, and she had a very different mindset, and she was all about numbers and stats and, and the years of the things. And 
Um, you know, her big push because I was a sergeant at the time was, you know, what, why, why don't we have people making more contacts? Why don't we have people making more stops and doing more arrests? And this person's doing a ton. They're doing a ton. This this person's doing great. And the push was to get all of these other people up to that. And I I pushed back on them like, no, to me in any field there've, there've got to be the superstars and there've got to be the slugs you can't have night without the day there've got to yeah. be the dynamic i liked being the guy who was way ahead of everyone else i liked <laughs> kicking everyone else's ass if you're making them catch up yeah. not, i don't it's going to make me work that much harder which i don't mind but right. i you know it's it, you should be driven to do that on your own not because somebody yeah. tells you to do sure. it yeah. and i don't think that works hey I'll work harder you know i don't when someone comes in to work harder uh, you know what I'm saying? Because well, because then it's, the pushback you get is exactly how hard do I have exactly. to? How many times do you yep. want me to push this button? <clears throat> right. I'll push it that many Where, times. Where's the line? Yeah. and I'll work up to it, and that's about it. Yeah. You can tell me harder, but maybe I work, I make two more widgets, but that's the only widget you're getting. Right. Two more. Right. Yeah, I like that. All right, a couple questions here that I, I do want to get to, and I've actually kind of I wrote these two down. There's there's two more after uh, after this that I want to get to as well. So, as an administrator, a chief. How do you want your people to see you in as few words as possible? <laughs> in fact, even one word answers are are preferred. Because we had a couple, last potty, he came out with like just a few words. And I was like, wow, how powerful is that? Like just a doer. The, you know, I, there's nothing I can't stand more than people that just sit around and talk and never get anything done. Just, you, you gotta be a doer, um, you know, and other than that, just, you've gotta, you've gotta discipline yourself, especially in, in, as you move up in leadership because people are, are watching you for how to act. You know, if you go to, you go to training with your guys and let's say the training is lackluster mm -hmm. to say the best, you can't be, as a leader in your agency, you can't be the person who you know, F's around and, and if you don't take it seriously, why the hell should they take it right. seriously if you're that guy? Um, you know, we had a we had a homicide back at the end of April and uh, I, I had just taught night fire the night before. Uh, and so I didn't get home till about 11.30 and about 12.30 the phone rings and says, hey, we just had a murder. I'm like, damn it. All right, so <laughs> yeah. you got an hour of sleep, it's Not up, good. we're rolling. So, and it was all day and I mean, come two or three o'clock in the afternoon now, I am, I am, my face is melting off. I, 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 I have got to get some sleep, but, and, and I almost slipped out, you know, just to say something just as casual as, man, I'm tired. But if I say it, that's how everyone else, that, that's the bar you've set right. out forever. How everyone else is right. to actually can't do it. You, you just can't be that guy anymore. <clears throat> and so, yeah, just, you, you've got to be, you've got to project the behavior that, that you want to be modeled and just do, do what you I want like to be done. Do it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I like that. All right, follow-up question, kind of the same type of question, but now I'm going to reverse that. How do you want your people to feel essentially under your leadership? So, how, first one is how you know how do they want you want them to see you, but now how do you want them to feel under you? What's your goal for them to go? I feel this way under his leadership. Appreciated. Common theme, by the way. Mm -hmm. Very common about, theme. Yeah, synonym of value. Yeah. yeah, I mean, nobody wants to work for a place that, that, they, that they don't feel appreciated. Um, or if they do, 
And, you know, the common excuses come, well, I make too much money to leave. What a load of crap. Uh-huh. What a load of crap. There's plenty of other places you go to make more money. Hey, you can throw bags of dog food for 25 bucks an hour over at Chewy. By the way, Chewy's hiring. Them, so. <laughs> Where would someone get an application? So, leave to Chewy and buy it. But I think that's that's the main reason people leave leave an agency above all else, above anything else, is that they don't they don't feel appreciated. Now you talk about recruiting; that's a totally different angle. Sure. To get them in the door is different than what keeps them there. But just to, to be appreciated, and that doesn't take anything; it costs nothing. You know, just to say, "Hey, man, that, I saw that stop you. That's badass. Good job." That that means that everything. Cost a dime. But yeah. but where we where we. Where we miss the boat as administration on that, I think, is that we we either don't recognize the value that has because we, as administrators, and I'm, I'm putting myself in that box, we, we don't see ourselves as being any more important than they are. I have a different job and I make more money than they do, but um, it, it's hard to see ourselves as, as having that influence. Mm-hmm. I'm just another guy like him. Why would he give a shit if I said, you know, good job? Why would he care if I said that? They do. That's a good point. I've but never thought of it that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, that and just, um, you know, why why would they why would they take the time to listen to me? I'm just another guy, and so that I think that's the reason. And then that you know the one I always hear, and I've never agreed with this one is is uh, well, if we if we reward them for for doing what their job is, doing what they're supposed uh-huh. to do, what will why would I reward them for doing their job? Because uh, I want it to be repeated, don't yeah. right. Why? Right. Because I want them to do it again. Go out yeah. and do another one. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Appreciate it. So the last guy we had talked to is in a leadership position as well. And I think I'd asked a question very similar to this. Mm-hmm. And it was valued. And I, I forgot what the second one was now. But I mean, same thing. And that's just a common theme. And what blows my mind, the more people I talk to or that we get to talk to, is we're saying the same stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm going, if everybody's saying this, why why are we not implementing that? And I'm not necessarily talking about yeah. your agency or a specific agency, mm-hmm. but why are we not implementing these ideas and principles? Because the best part is, doesn't cost us a dime. Mm-mm. The only thing it costs us is a little bit of effort, a little bit of time. And other than that, that's it. Mm-hmm. And it, But it can have a huge change, a huge impact on your people. And I just don't understand why we can't get out of our own way and do stuff like that. Well, and again, I think it harkens back to just people being in it for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been to a, I've been to quite a bit of le- different leadership trainings. I've been to all the leader courses and, and a lot of different other things. And I, I know what they teach. I've been to them. And I'll go to other administrators who have been through the same courses. You know, that I'll see the same plaques on there, all the same certificates in their office. They've been to the same class. You were taught the same thing I was. You're not applying it. I am. And so it's just a, a willingness to take what you've learned and then apply it. If you're not going to apply the knowledge, you know, what the, what's the point of getting it in the first place? Uh, these people are there teaching this stuff for a reason. It's based on, you know, years and years of research and knowledge and blood in some mm-hmm. cases. Uh, and so, you know, but they don't. Because, again, it falls back to... That's not why they're here. They they went to that class to, to get another check mark on the list. Sure. To get those, to get those post the hours. To yeah. bump up to the next, yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's just it's why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Which the why is a just another common thing. The why, the reason, the, the purpose, the just cause. And that's really what it always boils down to is why are we doing you know anything that we're doing? And if you can't answer that question, you shouldn't be doing it, mm-hmm. right? And I don't know. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I just, gosh, we're all saying the same thing. And it's just, it's rewarding that we're saying the same thing because it 
that means essentially, I guess I'm not crazy. And then number two, you <laughs> so know, that's the whole, yeah, the whole, yeah, the, the whole, whole reason to start the podcast to prove that I wasn't insane. <laughs> well, I think but, some of it, some of it comes in into people just who, who might be in good in leadership positions and in it for the right reasons don't get selected Yeah, and they give up Yeah, and you can't do that. You can't, I, I, I think I, I applied for Sergeant three times before I got it. Detective I applied for I think, twice before I got it. Um, when I was a sergeant, I applied for a lieutenant position. And I don't mind saying this because uh, even if the guy I'm talking about is going to hear it because yeah. he and I are really good friends. He got promoted to sergeant a little bit before I did. And so I had all these other things. I had, I had finished my bachelor's degree. I was working on my master's. He didn't even have a college degree. So, okay, now it's time for a lieutenant promotion. Sure. I've got this. I've done all the work. I've got the all the, the, the check, 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 yeah, check, check yeah. to get there. All he's got is patrol. And then I didn't get it, and he did. And that, man, that hit hard. I mean, that hit like a sledgehammer. That was hard to, to take. Because, man, we were really good friends. We still are. Right, right. Um, I got over it eventually. It took a, a lot of stuff like that. <laughs> he's like $1,200 in. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, but you... you if I'd given up, right, it'd be a different story. Um, and you know, I look at it now. He's a fantastic leader. Sure, he he, he truly was selected put for the position because he was the better leader. And I, what I had to do was realize, okay, even though I've done all of these things, I've I've got to put some more work in here. This right. is where I'm missing it. You got to take an honest look at yourself uh, to get there. I mean, you, you you can't just give up on it. But a lot of cops do that. Yeah. Forget it then. Yeah. I'm going to hell with them. I'm just going to become a bitter, old, salty, yep. crusty. I'll gripe about it yeah. for the rest of my career. By God, I should have got both the wrong people. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Not everybody who's in a leadership position is 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 the wrong fit. Some of them are exactly the right, right fit. Right. Yeah. I love that too. Humbling yourself and looking within. What can I do differently? Right. Not you know. Not well, by God, this guy did. You know, he knows this person and he did this with that guy or what, whatever. It's what could I have done differently? And then recognizing, oh, this is where I, I'm weak mm-hmm. and improve on those areas. And then here you are right now. You're a chief of police. So right. I, I love that looking in and, and fixing our own problems. All right. Two more questions that I do want to hear the answers to. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I think I... Uh, yeah, good job. I, I left you. I didn't mean to. I meant to leave like a couple ice Still cubes. Still a little, little bit of water. And, and yeah, I, yeah, and water. I didn't. <laughs> Um, that's the problem with good scotch. You get started, it's hard to start. Yeah, now I'm just raw. I've only drank $900 worth of scotch right now. Hey, we're coming back next weekend, right? Yeah. All right, so what advice would you give to an officer uh, that is thinking about leaving police work? Now, I'm going to kind of set up the question a little bit further. Not because, oh, I can't handle it or this, this just isn't for me, but is thinking about uh, leaving because of toxicity, negativity, uh, what would you say if you could speak to those people? Leave the agency, don't leave the job. Come work for me. <laughs> <laughs> He's hiring. I, I am hiring. I am hiring. People like working for me. And so is Chewy. Uh, yeah, yeah, they are. This um, episode is sponsored by Chewy Dog Food. I don't even know if that's a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, too many people get out because they, they, they don't like those conditions uh-huh. and they realize it's not the same everywhere. Right. You and Now... It might be. You might sure. go to the next agency over, and it might yeah, be exactly the same. Because, greater, but I, and know. I know I've heard it some of your in some of your other pro- podcasts. Uh, I think Greg talked about culture, and culture is a huge thing. Yeah. And you know, one thing he said that I really absolutely agree with that you guys said is the sergeant and the FTO are the two most important positions in an agency because they control the culture of that agency. Yeah, that was the professor, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, they control the culture. 
no matter what, no matter what efforts you can do at top at the top to try and change that culture, if you don't affect the, the FTOs and your sergeants, that's who everybody's looking to to yeah. have for they're how to behave. Mm-hmm. You've got it. You've got to get to those people first because they're your they're your leaders. Um, but and, and sometimes you might need to do a little bit of research about what agency you're going to go to to see yeah. about that culture. Um, when I was in the academy, um, I looked for. You know, it, it's a different market than than it is now. It is. Back then, you know, you you put yourself through the academy, and then you started applying at every place that was hiring. And by the ninth or tenth place you interviewed, maybe you'd have a job mm-hmm. by the time you graduated. But now, you how you get a job before you even start, and you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I applied for several, and one of them was a fairly large agency in this region. And uh, I went on a ride along. That's the best thing you can do go oh, on yeah. some ride alongs, um, because that's you know, especially if they. They uh, identify with you. You're the person you're riding with. They're really going to open up mm-hmm. and they're going to show you the true colors. And this was no exception. This officer that I rode with, all he did for 12 hours was meet up between calls, meet up with another officer, and bitch. <sighs> just meet up and just bitch about the age of this sergeant and this captain, blah, 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 for 12 hours. I sat and listened to that. Now it's busy, so we had quite a few calls to go to. Right. But between all of those, you know, you could set your watch by it. Every single time we leave a call, meet up, bitch, bitch, bitch. Meet up with this person, bitch, bitch, bitch. Meet up with this person, bitch, bitch, bitch. And so I didn't even apply there. I'm like, nope, this is not a place I want to work. This is, I, how would, I wouldn't want to sit for 12 hours. Right, I'm not going to meet up with this guy every freaking, after every call and listen to him, bitch. Right. All right, I like that. But yeah, leave 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 the agency. Don't leave the profession. The There's, we need more people. We, we, we need the right people. I, I, I see us not just as, as representatives of our agency every one of us is a is a steward of our profession there are very very few professions out there that something i do tonight or tomorrow sunday i'm going to work sunday something i do sunday could impact every single other person in my profession for the rest of time right yeah we're all connected rest of time yeah anybody the guy you know the people who arrested uh, miranda in 1963 yeah had no idea they were going to change the course of history and to this day you know for everybody in the profession uh and that's an unusual profession to have Mm -hmm. that and so it's a it's a heavy burden that i think a lot of officers don't take serious enough is that we are stewards of our profession we have to uh we're not just here for your own agency. You're not just here for your own community, uh, and especially now when you when you mess up, you're not. Maybe you maybe you work in an area where you have a very supportive community, and I do. I'm fortunate in that way. I, our community is very supportive of us. But if we were to do something terrible, we are not going to be judged by just our community who is already supportive of us. We're going to be judged by the whole world. The whole world's going to chime yep. in on this, mm-hmm. and so. Every single thing you do is under that level of scrutiny. And so, you know, just to go out there and be a, a good steward of, of the profession and not every agency is, is the same. And, and I think that's why a lot of them leave. It's like, man, I can't take this no more. And hey, man, give, give somebody else a shot at you yeah. you know, before you just walk away from it. I think the example, too, is the guy that was going to resign, who you said, well, wait a second, let me take a second look with right. him, right? right? And guide him through that. And you said he's still there. Yeah, I think that's a great example. And, you know, maybe you're not there in that position, so go to another agency where maybe there is a guy, mm-hmm. right, or a gal that's willing to take you under their wing and, and show you that this is a fun job. Well, one of the things I see now, just to kind of double up on that question, is uh, what we're seeing more of is young people getting into the profession with a uh, unrealistic view of what it's really like. 
Um, I, I, I always say the, uh, the biggest problem in our numbers, and people laugh when I say this, but I still think there's truth to it. <laughs> you know, people say, oh, it's because of the way the media portrays the police or whatever. I, I think it's movies. I think uh, we've talked about this. Lack yeah. of heroes, man. When I grew up, my heroes were always gunslingers. You know, you had Dirty Harry and and uh, you know uh, Riggs and Murtaugh and Axel Foley, and you know we had these cool cops that portrayed cop uh, police work as an awesome job that was mm-hmm. fun to do. And you don't have that anymore. You have jobs like End of Watch. Oh, it's depressing and sad the whole time. And, or they're criminals. Or they're criminals and they're yeah. crooked, and we don't have that anymore. And so they they get into it with an unrealistic view of what the what the job is really like and. We hear this in recruiting all the time. Oh, I want to work canine. I want to work SWAT. And I want to do all this. Guess what? Unless you work for a big agency, you go work patrol and you go work lots of it for a lot of years. (laughs) That's the job. Take it or leave it, but that's the job. Uh, And I think they're they're kind of unrealistic about that. And then when they don't, you know, get a get a a canine or a SWAT job within the first three years, like, oh man, this sucks. I'm leaving this. Like, man, maybe you should have managed your expectations in the front end. But we as law enforcement leaders need to do a better job of telling them those right those the, the Reality. realities of the of the profession like yeah it's probably not going to happen right yeah you're yeah. going to go you're going to go to the 400 pounder who can't get out of her bed who's wanting to complain about the kids walking across the right. corner of the yard is trespassing and then you got to somehow figure out how to appease her but you're obviously not going to write kids a trespassing ticket yeah. this is a very the- it seems like a real story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I just remember going, it was a, it was a story, and I'm going, I was a young cop, mm-hmm. and this lady called and wanted to make a trespassing complaint. And me and my buddy, who, God, what a what a great shift. You know, I want to uh, shift with my one of my best friends. Anyway, so we go there, and there's this lady who's just huge. She's in her bed, just eating Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> nom, nom, nom. Let's eat Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's, and, like, grease is going all over. And I'm having a hard time just... And I don't want Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> yeah, wait a second. You got biscuits? <laughs> I, I had a hard time just even listening because I'm going, what's going on here? Because she had a really thin nightgown on. Probably Nightgown's probably 60 years old. You could see through it. She wore that just for you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm going, what's going on here? And me and my buddy just looking. And she's like... Yeah, these kids are getting off the... And she's eating chicken the whole time, like a, a leg. Like, rah, rah. So these kids get off the bus, and, and instead of walking around the corner, they're walking across my yard by the stop sign. And I want them arrested. And I, I remember to this day thinking, this is what being a cop is. Mm-hmm. I'm one, She's wanting to arrest. Number one, I can see every part of her body. <laughs> and number two, she's wanting me to arrest 12-year-olds for walking across the corner of her yard. Yeah. And so, you know, I, and I I did have good leaders at that agency who laughed with me. Uh-huh. Yeah, hey, that's part of it, man, but that's not everything. But, and, you know, to, to that, though, I, I'm sure, I, this is the first time I've heard this story, but I'm sure the story ends with you solving that problem in some way. Yeah. Both for her, for the kids involved, in a way that was compliant with your agency. And so on. That is the job. This job is problem solving. This yeah. job is thinking. There's some excitement from time to time, sure. but that's what we ought to be pushing more. Like, hey, you like solving puzzles? Mm-hmm. Cool. Let me show you a job where that's what you're going to do day all in, day, day every day. Every day you're going <laughs> to solve mysteries. You're going to solve puzzles. You're going to figure out problems. Uh, you know, people get into it for different reasons, and I and I've, I come to find that out um, when I started teaching. Uh, when I started teaching firearms, I, I love guns. I'm a, I'm a huge gun guy. I love guns. It's the reason I got in the job. If they told me tomorrow where American police aren't armed anymore, that's... The day I'm out. Yeah, I'm gone too. I'm out. I'm out. (laughs) I'm not sure to give me a PBT. I can defend myself with a PBT. (laughs) But uh, I come to find out, I'm sure you have too, 
there are people who are not gun people in the yeah. force. They they wouldn't even do it. Yeah, uh, like they, they they could care less if they had a gun or not. They would they would. Oh my god! And, and while I respect that, I don't understand those people. Mm-hmm. Their their brain ain't right. Yeah. There's something wrong <laughs> with those people. And uh, so you know, you think about that. Like, you know, different things are going to appeal to different people. Yeah, you like you like carrying a gun. Yeah, guns are cool. Cool. You get to carry a gun every day. Yeah, everywhere you go. Oh, that's cool. You like solving puzzles? Yeah, we're going to solve you some puzzles. Hey, you like solving mysteries? There's different things that appeal to right. different people. So, yeah, yeah, and not to plug job isn't dead, but that that finding your purpose is is a big key. Is that that not everything makes the same people tick in the same way? But mm-hmm. you know, find what yours is and then go in hard on that. Like find your why, find your purpose, and that's what you love about the job. Hone in on it. Yeah, like, yeah. super super nerd here. I love writing reports. You're not going to find too many okay. cops that say, I love writing I love reports. Nerds, so. I will take, <laughs> I will write as many reports. I mean, I, I will sometimes during the day, like an officer, they'll, they'll, they'll be walking at the station and there's an officer already there and they'll, I'll hear him at the window say, I need to report something and it sounds interesting to me and I'll go, I got it. <laughs> Chief, are you sure? Yeah, yeah. we're still going, what? I got it. And they'll ask me, you know, they might ask me, they'll like, did I do something wrong? No, it just sounded really cool and I want to be involved in yeah. it. I, I want to write the report on that because it sounds like fun. I, I, I love writing. I love I like writing stuff. And that's the best part too. Humans can come up with the craziest scenarios that you will never think of. Oh, yeah. You're going, there is no way this person just told me what they told me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I find most attractive about this job is you're going, there is... And then I love telling the stories to somebody else. You're not going to believe this, yes, shit, yes. right? And yes. they go, "No way!" <laughs> because people can just somehow getting the getting these positions in situations that Hollywood could never dream of. And yet, when some stranger asks you, put you on the spot, what's the craziest thing you ever seen? You never have an answer. Yeah, I'm going. Like, uh, well, uh, well, this one time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it's every day. You know, it's. Uh, do you think that's because we're saturated with so much I think so. stuff? Oh, yeah, you for can't sure. Even, the, I think so. The Rolodex is spinning, but it doesn't stop. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think so. The, you know, we, we, we do so much of that day in, day out. And, you know, they, I, I, got, in, I got in some trouble when I was younger. Not, not, never any legal trouble, but I, I did some pretty wild stuff. The best cops do. Yeah, absolutely. I say that. When, I, when, I, when people that I grew up with heard, Shepard's a cop? Holy shit, are you kidding? That guy? <laughs> that guy was like the mastermind behind everything <laughs> yeah. we did wrong. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I never really got in any trouble, like legal trouble. Like right. should have and could have probably sure. several times. But, but like, I, I, I was fairly honest. I didn't steal. That's right. just not something you did. I don't steal. And so when I, you know, I worked in my, my first job, I, you know, I worked in a city that had a Walmart. And you, you want to learn about stealing. That's where you learn. Oh, my god! I had yes. no idea. The levels of that people will go to steal stuff like yep. that's amazing to me. Yes. I would have never thought of that. Yes, under a, I I went to a stealing call as a city cop and it was under a dollar. It was like fifty nine cents. It was like a little plastic, like sweet tart bra- uh yeah bracelet. The candy. Yeah. And I thought I'll give you a dollar right now just to so not. I don't even understand, but but you're you're totally right. You want to get involved in, in stealing and think creative ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Find a town with a Walmart. Yeah, you're gonna be busy. Well, when I when I I remember the first one of these that I worked where two people go in the store or one person goes in the store and buys a TV, comes out with the receipt, yep. hands the receipt off to their buddy. Buddy goes in, and selects exactly the same TV, and just carries it out. And when they check the receipt at the cash register, the time and everything's gonna match up. They just walk out with two yeah. TVs. Yeah. I'm like, 
That would have never occurred yeah. to me. Oh, yeah. They're it's so creative. It's a little bit inju- yeah, it's a little bit ingenuity. <laughs> the ingenuity. Yeah. I'm going, wow, if you would put that effort towards, I don't know, something like legal. cancer wow. or something. Yeah, where would we be in society? Yeah. But it's easier to steal TVs. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But you, but you gotta praise, you got to praise the architecture. No, I, like, I, I wow. do, yeah. yeah. There's a time I'll step back and I'm like, and I'm going to tell them, wow, dude. Great! I never would have thought of this. I mean, you're under arrest, but yeah. wow, wow, wow! This was really you're good. good. I mean, you're not that good. But yeah. you're good. Yeah. You got caught, but still, yeah. wow. learn from this. Learn yeah, say. yeah. All right. Last question on the agenda, and this is a question I think I'm going to implement with every guest from here on out because I like this question, mm-hmm. and Smee and I came up with it just on the way here. So you started copping in 2001. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. So in your first year of police work. What would Don now say to Don One at the end of his first year in police work? What advice would you give yourself? Because you've been in it so 20, 22 years. Two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably just find, find better mentors earlier on. <clears throat> at the same time, you know, you can't you can't completely discount a, a veteran's experience. They do have it, whether sure. they manifest or not. They do have it, and um, plenty of stories of that. But um, there were, you know, times that I could have um, paid more attention to to some different people that I kind of discounted early on, and, and you know, let them mentor me and uh, um, kind of guide my hand more rather than trying to trying to do it myself. Right. I think I made I made a, a lot of mistakes trying to do things on my own. Yeah. So I think just a follow-up question for that is that sometimes, especially the younger the, the cop is or really anybody entering the workforce, is uh, the how do I find a mentor? Like, uh, I know how I do it, and I mean, that could be a group discussion, but I think that that uh, is different for everybody, obviously, but how I go about finding a mentor is that is that period of self-reflection. Like, where am I you know, where are my opportunities, where, you know, where am I wanting to learn more about or where are my weaknesses at? And then finding somebody I think that excels in that or exemplifies that behavior um, and trying to seek them out. And so, again, that's a different mix for everybody. But I think that sometimes, especially if you're young and you're just overwhelmed, um, like what is that, you know, what is that approach to identifying a mentor? I think it's, it has more to do with the culture of the agency. Um, If you don't, as an administrator, if you don't foster a culture that breeds mentors for young people, there aren't going to be any. And that's kind of what I walked into at my first agency. Is there, that was not a priority. It was, hey, kid, don't get me killed. You ain't got any experience. You don't know what you're doing. Unfor- you just forget all that crap you learned at the academy. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. You know, they, they wasted their time for a thousand hours uh-huh. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but you, you got to breed that. I think, um, you know... You know, I keep I keep mentioning Bill Irwin, but he you know he came from Lee Summit, but he also came from the SEAL teams, and and Lee Summit was fortunate enough to have not only him but lots of other guys like him that were that were really good mentors, and you know they had a solid police department as a as a result, and uh, I think that that comes from the top to foster that to to bring up more people. You should always be training your replacement, they say, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you, that has to be a, a priority um, at the agency. That, that that's what we value here. Do you have anything to add? No, I, I, I am just enjoying it and having all these flashbacks of mentors and stuff. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've always said, and I don't know what it is, whether the stars aligned or I'm just extremely, extremely lucky. 
but I've always had some sort of example to follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, so I've worked at three agencies, and every agency that I've been at, I found someone that I went, wow, what they're doing is just really good. And if I could take a piece of what they're doing and kind of implement that into the style that I've already developed, I, I think I'd get better. And somehow every FTO that I've had has just been caring, wanted to make me better, allowed me to work. And that's a big thing. And you probably know with FTOs, sometimes it's, eh, let's just get through this and get you back on the road. So, you know, for me, somehow I just always fell into this lucky scenario where I had good FTOs and good mentors. Well, I'd say it's not luck. I'd say whoever, whoever your administration was at that agency made that a priority. They made that something that was important to that agency before you ever got the groundwork was laid before you ever yeah. came along. You know, I told you I, in the academy, I was really drawn to DWI. I was like, that's cool. And then when I came to my agency, nobody did DWI. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, who the hell is going to teach it to me here? And so nobody, I'm going to have to figure this out on my own. Here we go. Yeah. Ready, ready, set, go. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, yeah. So the, so the, so the guy that maybe is not have one of those agencies is not one of, at one of those agencies is is the um, instruction or the the helpful advice maybe out of this to find an agency that does have that culture or so. try to build that like yeah I mean well not only that but then you know and I said this at the at the uh, the last field search you know we're talking to some of the younger guys there is like you guys have got to step up and lead don't wait for somebody to right. tell you it's time nobody is going to tell you okay now it's time to be a leader now that, that that's every day yeah if you don't step up and, and take the reins nobody's just going to give them to you mm-hmm. um you know and and to 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 mentor these folks and to, and to bring them along you know because i see what you know i see like what i went through i'm like god i think you'd be done a different way and i've always tried to do it that different way and and it's a it's a totally different agency now than when I started there because there were lots of guys that were like me that were kind of wanting that. I mentioned that buddy of mine that's a lieutenant over there. He's very very like minded. You know he's 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 very much instilling. You know we need to bring more leaders up instead of just just getting in there and being happy. We need to keep bringing them up and keep bringing yeah, them up yeah. bottom in because you got to keep recycling. You got to keep replenishing those those leadership ranks and they got to be there anymore. They'll die off. Hey, how much scotch have you had right now? Uh, about nine hundred dollars. <laughs> Normally, you're on a two glass limit, but I haven't been. Pouring, yeah, you. Yeah, so. you've allowed me to continue. I think I had four. Yeah, I, I just broke them. You can't pay the electric bill now because I drink scotch. Um, so, man, I I love the answers. I knew you were going to be a good guest, and I, I wanted you on here anyway. And then we would kind of talk about. It. I'm like, man, he wants to do it. This is even better. So uh, yeah, we're not talking about pooping pants or whatnot. So I mean, I, I would. Yeah. I, <laughs> that's always on the I, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be able to help you. I've never done that. Yeah, so. clearly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Me neither. Uh, yeah, that'll be next. Because I actually wrote some things down. I want to talk about next time. So speaking of next time. Uh, so first question is, how do you feel it went? Great. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Did you have fun? Oh yeah, it's a blast. Yeah. Will you do it again? Absolutely. I like to put him on the spot. Anytime. Now I have. Basically, they're in a verbal contract. Yeah, it's on. It's on the record. Yeah. I mean, what, what are you asking here? Would you like to drink whiskey and talk about your job? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! No, please don't. No, I thought it went great. It was, it was exactly what I thought it'd be. Yeah. Positivity, leadership, uh, good advice, learning from mistakes, and that's my thing. Admitting mistakes and learning from those is it's awesome. So I guess do we move, do we move into our final segment? 
that's if that's. I mean, I don't know where we're at here. So. Uh, oh man, ninety-two minutes. Okay. Yeah. I, know, I think it only wow, it's been that long. Wow. Yeah. I know, dude. It's fast. It goes yeah. quick. Yeah. I think the only edits were me dropping. A couple times. Okay, so you can keep doing it. Edits. So I got yeah. more work, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So a couple edits. Uh, let's see. One thirty-three. I'll write that down for you. There's me. That's so helpful. Thank yeah. you. All right. So final thoughts. Um, I think you would agree. We always let ladies go first. Absolutely. So, Shmi, no. final thoughts. Go ahead. I think I had a great conversation. I've known I've Don for a little while, but he's always been kind of like a man of mystery. Mm-hmm. So I think it's been nice to, to learn his background and a little bit man more about mystery. It. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah. yeah. There you go. There's that title. She, I mean, she had a lot of questions about you on the way I did. It. Yeah, I did. Because, again, just like known you from afar. But I think that it was a good conversation yeah. and very interested in your background and I think that's awesome. I think you do a great job. I think you lead. I think, you know, I'm not in this job or in this profession, but I think you are the leader that I would like to have. You're very personable yeah. and relatable and um, a, a doer, if you will. And so I, I appreciate all those all those characteristics. So thank you for hosting us, sharing your yeah. top notch scotch with us. Yeah, it was good stuff. I'm gonna pour one more before I go. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, so I'll, I'll let you have the final word. Um, I appreciate you being on here. I do look at you as a, uh, a mentor for me. I, I, I truly do. Everything you do is, is always good. It's always positive. And like to find something negative, it takes work. And I'm, I don't, I'm not sure if I found something negative about you. So which is even better, right? And so the I know somebody upstairs who could tell. Yeah, that doesn't count. Yeah, we have a guest. Yeah, that doesn't count. And here she is. Yeah, <laughs> pictures on the wall. Yeah, tell you yeah. Some, so. yeah. And, and, and so for me to see that you're now in a leader, which I shouldn't say leadership position because we're all leaders, right? We're we're all leaders. But now that you are leading people, to me that's so refreshing and energizing to see that that's what's happening. And I think there is a shift if you will, in law enforcement where we are going, we've got a major problem. We've got to start pushing these guys forward and to see you and I have other friends as well that I'm going, wow, these guys are moving up. It's just, it's one of the greatest feelings for me that the, you know, there is change coming and I'm just really, really excited about that. So absolutely right. All right. Final thoughts from, from the man, man, I don't know. Uh, I think we, we said a lot of things here. Um, like I said, I think the most important thing is just to, to recognize that uh, that you have influence, even if you're only at a year on the job, you you have influence over people, even even people who have more uh, experience than you. I remember I had an old officer who had been on 25, 30 years by the time I started, and watch me do a do a, a DWI arrest in my first year, and, and yeah, man, you're really good at that. Man, you're a good officer. I'm like, damn. And and so you know, I got somebody that's taking notice of that. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're never too small or too unimportant to make that difference. And it's not just positional. A lot of people wait until they're in an official leadership sure. role or a leadership position title. to do that title before they do any of that. And it's just nonsense. That's not what it takes. The way it's supposed to work is, and not always does, doesn't always, but the way it's supposed to work, uh, you, you get an official leadership position because you're demonstrating that you have that skill. 
So, uh, you know, it's never, never too early to start working on that skill. And, and it's, it's not something that, that I don't feel at least that people are just born with naturally. Some people are natural leaders, but it does take work. It does take training and there's, there's plenty of stuff out there. There's, I'm a big reader. Um, I read a lot of books, um, leadership books, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of stuff out there. If you're not comfortable or you're not good at it, we're all humans at the end yeah. of the day. So. So that was actually a topic, skill yeah. versus learn. Yeah. I want to save that because you've already said you're going to come back. So. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to save some of that. Put a pin in that, that one. But, yeah, let's put a pin in it. But, man, I appreciate you being here. And, uh, you know, things that you say, so for me, it's just the greatest thing because I get to learn from all these people. Yeah. And, and it's just really neat. Yeah, I feel uh, like there's a certain amount of the, the podcast that's just been, like, interviewing Ryan's heroes. No, it really is. I'm going, wow, I get to... I get to Hear the hear their thoughts and and why they're successful. I mean, it's it's selfish that I get to hear all that stuff. But I think it's neat that everybody else does yeah. too. Well, on the flip side of that, you're 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 doing a lot of innovative things. Uh, at least in in the circle of people that I know, you're you're doing a lot of innovative things in law enforcement that we've needed for a long time. Very very much appreciate that. Well, I appreciate that. Awesome, Smee. Anything else? No, I think it's a good conversation. I say we end it. Um, again, man. Appreciate this. Yeah, I think, we could, I think we could keep going, except for Ryan. Yeah, pretty toasty I'm starting, right now, right, yeah. so. I'm starting to slip well, off the you. old age. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sir. Thank you very much. Don and I will just keep talking, and Ryan will just pass out. I'm going to go to the corner and take a nap. <laughs> um, all right, I appreciate you guys joining us. Um, until next time, uh, peace. You want to hit him with it? That's showbiz, baby.